and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 52 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. So if you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys put themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of the new comic books that are coming to the local comic shop. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Sitio Lavrinia, roasted by Demelio Demelo Palieta Coffee Roasters. There we go. <laughs> All right. I think he struggled with the last time we had uh, Demelo Palietas too. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is, the, I think, the third this time. Second or third, yeah. Second or third, yeah. yeah. And uh, struggled every time. So the comics we'll be discussing today are Batman number 67, Justice League number 20, High Level number 2, and Venom number 12. So this is the portion of the show where I usually would tell everyone to go and subscribe uh, to our show on podcast service providers all around the world. Um, and I definitely would still tell you to go hit up iTunes and give us a review <laughs> and a rating. Um, but we do have some news for everyone. So we have decided, um, we have actually been thinking about it for a while. And uh, we have decided because of where we will be going with our lives, uh, where sort of we're projecting ourselves to be in the next little bit, especially right. for myself as well. Right, know, of with course. With the baby coming and everything. Uh, we have decided that just like the new 52, <laughs> this is going to be, uh, I guess, our last um, like, comic discussion episode. Yeah. And the next week, we're also going to have sort of one last episode to to sort of round everything out mm-hmm. with regards to all the series that we've been following and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, perhaps future plans and stuff like that. I, I've got some stuff on myself as well, so we'll, you know, we'll discuss it and whatever. But uh, we'll most likely be like pr- doing some theories and projections for some of the, yeah, some of the issue, um, some of the uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I would definitely say the craziest one would most likely be, <laughs> be Gideon Falls, of course, because that's always the craziest, of course, theory of course, injected one. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, you know. Thank you for everyone who's uh been following us consistently for the last even if you weren't following us consistently for the last year thank you uh obviously you know just like jerry said we were both at uh very uh different points of our lives from when we first started our podcast yeah um and we we tried our best and ironically it wasn't too long ago that we just had our 50th and we were just <laughs> did our, <laughs> our year in review <laughs> Um, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think I mean for Jerry, it's 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 pretty straightforward. He's got a he's got a kid on the way, um, and well, I don't feel like I should be explaining your part. But, <laughs> but so I have a kid. On yeah. The way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do sometime like first second week of May. Yeah. Uh, you know, based on what the doctors are saying. Yeah. Doctors. The doctors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my life will become significantly busier as well, right? Yeah. So. Of course, and uh, for myself. Uh, I, I'm in a unique situation in in my career right now, where I have an opportunity to to really excel. How valuable I am as a plumber, right? I, I actually just found out uh, a couple of days ago, and this is sort of how it all, like, sort of cemented it for me, uh, that I'm actually going to be a second year apprentice um, in in about three weeks. Nice. Uh, so again, now I have the opportunity to to really excel where I'm at because then I can now look at materials and study for things that now I have context for because I have a year of work experience. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and of course, amongst other things, uh, the ring 
is coming this year. <laughs> Congrats, uh, dude! That's awesome. Uh, I uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I know. <laughs> oh, well, she knows. She knows. Oh, she, knows. she knows. It's okay, coming. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually makes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, amongst <laughs> other things that I'm probably not gonna drown you out with, right? She calls you the moment the episode. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, not to say that uh, we're stepping away from this medium. I, I think. Jerry, this is obviously something that you want to make a career moving forward. Something within this yeah. sort of environment, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, just like Jerry said, he's got he's got a few things in the works for himself. So I will continue to support him in whatever he does uh, moving forward. I just uh, unfortunately can't be um, as involved anymore. Uh, but I will support Jerry every step of the way with everything he does in the future oh thanks bro <laughs> thanks man <laughs> but yeah it's um you know it's a little bittersweet but like we i i sort of look at uh we, we've actually had some discussions over the last little bit too yeah about if we should possibly change the projection of the show but yeah. i think ultimately we come to a point where like okay maybe this is not the best time mm-hmm. to be to be thinking about stuff like that yeah and i think because of the way we structured this show, yeah. Um, at the beginning, we we did this show and was just sort of like, okay, we're gonna cover one or two books. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do some in depth analysis about mm-hmm. some of the stuff, and mm-hmm. then we just go with that, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago, yeah. right? But yeah. we're at this point now where if we take any breaks from the show, we'll fall way behind. We're way behind, yeah. And that's kind of the nature of a review show like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think it, it just became a little non-feasible. Yeah. You know, given that, given where we'll be mm-hmm. in, in a couple weeks, couple months. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, we're both, and this actually came in like a pretty good timing. I was yeah. just thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Um, we both got kind of started with New 52. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly how we're going to end it up. Just like just, just like New 52. That. This is... Followed by like a zero issue or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be the epilogue for next week. Well, we'll, you know, we'll project and talk about a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. um, that we've sort of been covering over the last year and just sort of give our analysis on the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that that's kind of how this week and next week will play out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I think the best thing to do at this point then, uh, of course, is go and brew that coffee and then we'll come back and we'll discuss the books we got this week. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment, and what, it, what we do in this segment is we take some of the new comic books at the local comic shop, and we talk about it, we discuss about them, and we talk about some of the themes and some of the plot stuff, and uh, we hope you enjoy the conversation. So, before we start talking about the comics, Victor, why don't you uh, talk Uh-oh. to us a little bit about <laughs> the coffee we'll be having. Our coffee today is yes, called Sitio Lavrina. And it is from the country of Brazil in the region of Serras de Minha. No, okay. Serra de Minas. Minas. Because Minha is very, something very different. <laughs> uh, and it's from uh, <laughs> the roasters, the Melo Palheta Coffee Roasters, uh, here in uh, Toronto, Ontario. Hmm. We've had their coffees before, as we've mentioned earlier. And, yeah. Uh, so far, we've always been pretty impressed with them. I think so. I think so. I'm impressed with it already. So yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we, it's, a, we, it's pretty mild. Yeah, but it's uh, it's going down really smoothly. I like it. This is very much like a like a all day coffee. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, so before we actually start talking about comics, though, spoiler warning. Uh, because of the way that we'll be breaking down these books, because of the way that we'll be talking about the plot of these books, uh, we will have to spoil the plot. So if you haven't read the books yet, make sure you hit up your local comic shop. Make sure you buy the books. Go home. Read them. You know, put them back in the bag. And then uh, come back and listen to the show. And then uh, <laughs> hopefully by then, nothing will be spoiled for you. Hopefully. Hopefully. Unless you're just sitting no, there skimming. No guarantees. No guarantees. <laughs> Something may happen between now and when you get to the shop. I don't know. <laughs> we just start yelling. Yeah. Like, oh, this happened. Oh. <laughs> it just reminds me of, uh, not to be too off topic, but remember when they revealed that uh, Dumbledore was going to die in Harry Potter? What? Shut up. You knew that. <laughs> Actually, I had no idea. But no, you, you, no. I haven't watched any Harry Potter, so. Yeah, but, you, but then you obviously don't care. Yeah. That's, that's the other side of it. <laughs> and then, like, and then people would write, like, a long post, and at the end it goes, Dumbledore dies. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> trolls, trolls everywhere. <laughs> Anyways, sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> good old internet. Um, okay, so let's go on to the first book then. And it is Batman number 67. It's written by Tom King, art by Lee Weeks and Jorge Fornes, colored by Lovion Kingzierski? Kingzierski. <laughs> oh, no, Lovern, Lovern Kingzierski. Kingzierski. Yeah, I think it's Lovern Kingzierski. Yeah. I've harped on this for too long now. And it's lettered <laughs> by Clayton Cowles. In many ways, you can actually interpret this issue. Um, the way that I interpreted this issue... Are you still trying to figure out the name? Huh? Are you still trying to figure out the name? Yeah, because I'm, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm reading it out of the book. And it's a Lovern... Because I think I said Lovian. Because the R looked like the A. Yeah. So I think it's Lovern. Kinzerski. Very good. I think you've got it. Colorist, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, what I got from this issue... I, I, I think it's a good... A summary of sort of the relationship between Batman and Joker. Okay. In my opinion. Right. Right. Because when you really look at it, oh yeah, it is over. When you really, <laughs> when you look at it, <laughs> you're on that page now too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at it, yeah, and, and you're sort of reading through the issue, there's really no point to it. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like the. There's the chase, but there's no context for the chase. And right. then there's no conclusion to it, right? right. He, it concludes with the fact that the perpetrator simply just goes beep, beep, right? Yes. Um, in many ways, that's very much the relationship between Batman and Joker. Yeah. There's no point to Joker doing any of the stuff that he does. Yeah. Yeah, Batman is constantly trying to stop him, right? And, and I think like that... This is a very good visual representation of that. Yeah. And that's what I interpreted from this issue so far. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This, um, so a little while ago, uh, I want to say maybe like a year ago. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm not very good with time. Um, <laughs> a little while ago, DC did a um, sort of like a set of crossovers with right. Looney Tunes. Right. And the Batman one had... Um, Elmer Fudd oh I yeah. Believe. yeah 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 and uh that so so they kind of bring it back here mm-hmm. they bring it back in this issue and the beep beep thing really to me is 
the whole Roadrunner Wile right. E. Coyote right, right. relationship. Yeah. And that relationship, like between the Roadrunner and the Wile E. Coyote, yeah. is is nonsensical. And there's no purpose. Which it's is very just much like the this. chase. Yeah. And that's that's exactly what is happening with this chase here. Yeah. It's just at the end of it, what comes out of Batman chasing um, this perpetrator, whoever it is, it could be anybody, right? And the reason I think why the perpetrator stayed masked for so long, yeah, was to show that he goes through the motion with everybody, yeah. And even at the end, with the reveal of it being the Joker, it doesn't matter, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a Joker or anybody yeah. else. The result is the same, yeah. You keep constantly going back in circle, yeah. Now with the Joker specifically. It very much is just a cat and mouse. Yeah. Right? That's all it is. That's all it is. And at the very end, Joker goes beep, beep, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right? So, I I think for me, this issue of Nightmare is real, really brought everything together. Actually, now that I In think a about very it, loose way. Now, the bartender does look like Elmer Fudd. It is Elmer Fudd. Because he... Um, he uh, stutters yeah he stutters I just noticed that too I was yeah. like oh I never thought about that yeah he stutters guy. you're a smart guy <laughs> <laughs> and then when Batman wakes up the stutter goes away yeah right because to me that signifies that everybody is constantly in fear and Batman secures everyone yeah Batman is there to make sure that everybody doesn't have to go through that fear everybody yeah. can rely on him to to put these guys away yeah right so that's the purpose for Batman for everyone else. But what's the purpose for Batman for Batman? Uh-huh. Right? And I think that's what this issue is really trying to sum up for Nightmare. Yeah. And it's that all of those situations, I think, is what he had gone through at some point in his life. Right. Right? And now he's trying to make sense of it and be like, what is the ultimate purpose of me being in those situations? Uh-huh. Why does it matter that I'm in those situations. Did I actually change anything? Yeah. Because his biggest thing is he he will take the um, the villains and he will put them in Arkham and whatever, rehab them, yeah. they'll break out, and then, and then the cycle kill repeats. some more people. Yep. And the cycle just repeats and it just keeps going and going yeah. and going. Yeah. And he's realizing that. And this is how he's processing it and saying, I I may be there for the people, uh-huh. but am I, th- am I there for me? And right. am I just creating this never-ending pattern uh-huh. that I can never save as Batman. And and the thing is, in the very last panel of the issue, the Batman's face is very indicative of that. Mm-hmm. Right? When you look at, at the way his face is drawn, it, it's it's his face is telling a story. He knows that this cycle is never-ending, and I feel like that really... It affects him, obviously. Right? Like... He, Batman is obviously tired of dealing with these guys. Yeah. But he just keeps doing it. Right? He keeps doing it. Yeah. And um and you know, you never will hear it from Batman, right? But I think the way his face is drawn here, the emotion is trying to tell is very indicative of how he actually feels about these villains and how he goes about uh dealing with them. And he knows it's it sucks. But he wouldn't go about it any other way, because mm-hmm. that's just not Batman. Yeah, right? you know what I mean. That's just how he does it. That's yeah. just how he deals with it. Yeah. So, I I actually really liked 
this issue. I, I'm a big fan of silent issues because yeah. it really allows it really allows the art to pick up the dialogue and yeah. it allows the art to tell the story. Uh-huh. Um, it's not a full silent issue because obviously, um, uh, what's his face? Elmer Fudd says some stuff, right? Yeah. Joker says beep beep. So it's not an absolute uh, silent issue, but at the same time, those are just specific contexts of what they say. Yeah. Right? Based on just character. For the most part, the story tells itself. Exactly. Right? So a lot of what we derive from the issue comes from the panels. Like, it doesn't come from the dialogue yeah. of the, well, the non existent dialogue anyway. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it it's one of my, I think it's one of my favorite issues in the Batman run. Yeah. Specifically in the Nightmare arc. Yeah, I would say this is probably the best issue in the Nightmare arc. Yeah, yeah. And I like I'm I'm almost close to saying that it's one of my favorites from the run. Yeah. Only because it tells such a clear picture uh-huh. of his mindset at this uh-huh. time. And it's really trying to captivate what the run has been about, which yeah. is Batman finding his place as Batman in Gotham and and whether or not his position as Batman, if it ever changes or yeah. makes a difference, and there's right, and there's, and this really sums it up. Uh huh. And there's no no purer way to sum it up than this, right? Yeah, like, exactly. especially with the way that it's drawn, yeah. um, the particular art style they chose, as well as the 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 costumes that they chose as well. This is like the the 1960s Batman. Yeah, he went back to wearing classic uh, classic. Yeah, and this is also form. classic Joker. Yeah, right. So there's nothing purer than that in my opinion from I, I guess how where it all started more or less right mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I think it's a fantastic issue all around the art is just on point love it absolutely oh, yeah, love for it. sure for sure yeah yeah so that's yeah there's not, there's not, not a whole lot of <laughs> I can say about this issue I'm glad this issue this issue I think is what the turning point for Nightmare needed to be right um, last issue with Selena and the question, I feel like with that issue, that that was kind of where the that that like they needed that to kind of right the ship in terms right. of where Nightmare is. Right. But I think this is really capturing what that is all about. Right. And why we're stuck in this nightmare arc for so long. <laughs> yeah. Right. So truly, like I, I feel like Nightmare is just this recurring thing that continuously happens to Batman. Mm-hmm. On like a daily basis, yeah. where he just constantly thinks back on this stuff. It will end soon, though. Uh, yeah, I think I, it's I think I, it's issue sixty nine that it ends. Yeah, so like two, and yeah, two oh, more issues. Okay, yeah. so yeah, I, I kind of predicted it would end. Yeah, in the next two or three, yeah. um, which is perfect because I, I with the last issue and this issue, I feel like this is where Nightmare Arc is really getting good, and then finally when he snaps out of it, then we'll sort of have our answers there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like by the time he snaps out of it, he's just gonna snap out or try to be Batman. <laughs> like he's done. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's going through a lot mentally right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I think that's uh, I think that's about it for that for that uh, for that book. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, can't wait to see where it goes. It's a very good book. Uh, I. I'm also kind of tired of the nightmare arc, though. At the same time, it's really good, but I'm just like, all right, well, let's like. It's been like <laughs> several weeks of this now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think IGN said it too. 
Yeah. Um, they they had a review up for it. They're just like the nightmare needs to end. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's truly, like okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. Tr- it's good as these issues are. Just like okay, well, like the story has to advance now. Yes, right. Like because now we're getting into like the real, like the real meta, like physical of of, of sort of the run now. Yeah, right. And they're and, at a meta place right now where everything is at a standstill, and you're just analyzing his mindset. Yeah, right. Um. So lots of lots happening, but not a lot happening at the same yeah. time because the plot of it is just at a standstill. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like if you were just to freeze time in that one second, but you could experience all of your life in one second, and then yeah. you and then you and then you continue time again. Yeah. It's it's almost like you remove from that time, like yeah. you're in the fifth or sixth yeah. dimension. Ooh. Okay. I see where the Mixius Pitlick over here. <laughs> it's like you remove from that dimension and. You analyze it from that specific point, much uh-huh. like the next book we'll be talking about. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good segue. <laughs> Which is Justice League number twenty, as written by Scott Snyder, uh, art by Jorge Jimenez, and colored by Alejandro Sanchez, and lettered by Tom Napolitano. First of all, the cover is crazy. The cover is awesome. That's um. That's the middle panel. There's two variants, I believe, that connects the other two sides. It it looks it looks amazing. Yeah, it's very good, <laughs> very very good. Um, but I mean, we're, we're never upset with Jorge Jimenez. He's he's very good. Of course, of he's, course. He's yeah. Now, um, he's very dynamic with his art. I think that uh, I think you're better off sort of starting off this particular issue just because I feel like you're a little bit more well-versed with what's going on. Like, when I read the issue, it was kind of just like... Like, I'm almost experiencing what's going on at the same time as Wonder Woman, Batman, and and, and, and all the, the main characters here. Like, I'm just figuring things out as they are. Whereas I feel like you've got a bit more insight, right? Well, so, the... the- I think it's more so like I'm trying to process what these other, what this other Justice League like. Yeah. Let's say they're the, what are they the, the White Justice League. <laughs> I, sure, <laughs> we'll go with that. Or, <laughs> or the future Justice League because they're yeah. all a bunch of old, like a lot older, right? Yeah, with but, the exception of. Uh, yeah, Batman's well, not in white. Yeah, like Batman stays in black. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the future Justice League. Let's say. Um, I think I'm trying to analyze and I'm trying to to process what they're saying. Yeah. And I think what they're saying is they basically gave up. Uh-huh. Because they understand that the event of what needs to happen yeah. with Perpetua is a constant that needs to happen. Right. At At the end of every multiverse... That needs to happen, and because of the way this multiverse was formed, uh-huh. Perpetua needs to come and finish what she started. So uh-huh. they understand that, and they understand that they can't mess with that force, yeah. and they can't change essentially what needs to happen. Yeah. So I feel like they remove themselves from the dimension of where they of where they were, right? And then reinserted themselves back into the multiverse once this whole thing is over. So once right. Perpetua destroys everything. Right. And now they come back in and they rebuild. Uh-huh. So they basically pull themselves out, let the rocket through, 
essentially. Yeah. The rocket that is Perpetua uh-huh. coming through to just take everything out. <laughs> yeah. And then they come back down and they say, okay, from the rubbles we rebuild. And they start building again a multiverse. Yeah. Using what they know, using the energies they have access to. Right? So for me, that that's more signified with what Barry was saying along with John Stewart. Yeah. Uh, they were there talking about rebuilding the multiverse. They're now, instead of just building small things, like they're actually building worlds with yeah. the energies of the uh, the speed and the still force. Yeah, um, they're now like rebuilding worlds and putting it back into the multiverse and putting things back the way they are. But they're building it and molding it based on what they what they truly seek. Right. So they're able to build sort of this perfect situation, this utopia. Yeah. That they've now found themselves on. Uh-huh. See, I I I didn't quite get that because I'm reading it and I'm I'm literally just as confused as everybody else. Like like when Kendra and uh Martian Manhunter were talking they're like, "Yeah, it's, it's a little weird here. It's like it's a little too perfect." I'm I'm standing there I'm like, "Yeah, it is a little weird. It's a little too perfect. You guys are right." You just get up you're like, "Oh man, yeah." Yeah, That's, yeah this, uh, this is this he's is right. This is weird. <laughs> and I just keep reading. Like I I totally missed all that and I feel like uh but that could be just how I'm interpreting it. That might yeah. not be what's happening, right? But if I'm if I'm in that situation, and I've actually I actually kind of put myself in their situation and be like, if I'm looking at this world as is, and I'm interpreting the way the the way that they're telling me what's happening, right? The yeah. winning is not a win. The yeah. winning is understanding. Yeah. Right. It's not they defeat perpetual. It's that they won and figured out a way to just bypass it. Right. Right, and, and I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because then why would they, why would they be so calm after saying, "Yeah, we know we didn't beat it." Yeah, the source wall is actually gone. Yeah, right. Like, why would they be so calm and like? I feel like that actually makes a lot of sense now. Hmm. Now, clap your hands for Jaro being my new favorite character now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Like these two panels when he's dreaming are my I think like my two favorite panels. This whole issue. Deathstroke, uh more like death joke, am I right? Haha, <laughs> good one, son. See, that's why you're my favorite Robin ever. Oh stop. <laughs> no, I mean it. My favorite ever. <laughs> like like this is the stuff that Jarl thinks about. <laughs> and he he makes Deathstroke such a joker. Yeah, he's like, ah, you're too late, Batman. I'm home free. Yeah. And, like, that is, and then I had to look back. I'm like, did Deathstroke say that? And then, yeah, Jaro comes flying in. Yeah. <laughs> On it, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, his his interpretation of, uh, <laughs> of how things work is just so cartoony. Even this part when, like, Deathstroke is getting away and then Batman's out of breath. And he goes, Robin, he's getting away. Can you, like, come on, would Batman really be out of breath? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would just keep chasing him. Yeah, so I feel like Jaro, new favorite character in the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, I think he has a case uh, to be a... a I would love to have him in Humble Heroes Agency, actually. Jaro? <laughs> Jaro. I think it would be very good in Humble Heroes Agency. Yeah, he'd be a good addition. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, there is a lot going on here. 
um, especially with the reveal at the near the end with Lex and Brainiac now looking for their own uh, imp. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm kind of curious because he said there's Mixie's pit like says there's only two imps, right? Him and another guy that's watching over Batman. So does that mean that uh, Lex is trying to grab the one that's looking after Batman? I feel like that's the only, unless there's like more that we don't know about. Right. So that's where I, I got a little confused because I heard that there was only two or I read there was only two. Hmm. You know what I mean? And hold on. I may have missed something here. Uh, let me see if I can find it. The new Batman looks cool. <laughs> that is a really cool design. That big fiery ball I, in the I, sky is I, called I, a sun. I re- yeah. <laughs> I really got to admit. Uh, what are your thoughts now on uh, on Shane revealing that things may not seem like what they are or may not look like what they are? Batman is feeling the same way. Yeah. Right? I, well, I knew Batman would feel the yeah. same way. Like Batman's already questioning where did all the villains go? Yeah. Right? Um, and Shane is like, it's, it's not as you see it. Yeah. And I think... And I think that's where it comes in, where Perpetua just wiped everything. Yeah. And these guys just saved themselves. Yeah. Right? These guys saved themselves and repopulated. And that's uh-huh. what um, future Martian Manhunter is saying, too. Right? They they repopulated to, to go to Mars. Yeah. Right? So, I, I think they literally let Perpetua wipe everything. Yeah. And, and that's why I think maybe that's what Shane is trying to show them. He's like... No, this is this is what happened. They didn't win. They just this is what really happened. This is the world that you're actually seeing. Yeah, yeah. Because when he, because I, I really, because he showed uh, Hawkgirl and uh, yeah, he showed Kendra and Martian. Yeah, I really want to know what they saw. Yeah, yeah. You know what well, I mean? We'll see it. I think because I'm pretty it, sure because they just show it and he goes no, no, no it can't, it can't be. be. It's like it's like <laughs> what? What'd you see, bro? <laughs> So my like yeah, my prediction is that they saw the end of the world, and then they just displaced themselves, and, and they just placed themselves back in. Yeah. Okay. Is that they saw the end of the world? They 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 saved themselves out of the dimension, and I think that's what Mixed Lipic is there for. Yeah. To sort of introduce the idea of the other well, dimension. Well, sorry, say his name again. Mix Mixus Lipic. <laughs> Mixius Pitlick. Mixius Mixius Pitlick. Mixius Pitlick. Mixius. Yeah. Pitlick. Perfect. All right. So Mixius Pitlick. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and I think that's why they introduced him because it's it's now introducing the idea that you can be removed from time. Yeah. Right. So they they must have pulled themselves out and reinjected themselves back in once the event's done, but. In, for them to do so, they they left everything else behind. Yeah. Right. Because it's hard to to insert everything back in because there's no space for it. Yeah. Right. So I think, I I think that's what ends up happening, and that that's probably what they end up seeing is that they they saw what became of the multiverse, and they saw that they're here, sort of under a mirage, trying to build everything back in. You know what? I'm gonna hold you to it. This seems like a Gideon Falls level theory here. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to hold you to it. When the next issue comes out, 
Well, we'll just be talking. We'll about just be it. talking about it. <laughs> but like we will. Own. <laughs> yeah, but we will confirm it or deny it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, for all the listeners, we we won't be talking about it on air. But once you read it, and if it is right, you know where you heard it first. You know where you heard it first. Your boy Jared you know. the Bear, and <laughs> you can still reach us on Twitter. And uh, tell us how right we are. Yeah. <laughs> or wrong. I don't know. Or wrong. Hey. <laughs> Pick one, I guess. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe they are the ultimate heroes. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, Why would Martian Manor be so stunned then? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but that's I, that's where I think that's going. Um, what's really got me is the end. First of all, that little thing with Superman is like a direct, it's like a direct uh, call to Man of Steel. That scene from Man of Steel where he jumps up and he just... That first time he tries to fly. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That's and I was like, oh, that's a direct callback. I was like, that's cool. What I... You know... What... what What's really gotten me is that... Future Superman is saying... This is exactly where Superman needs to be. Right? Yeah. Um everybody everybody is led to a different place but he comes in a straight line to this place and he's he's now there talking to superman so yeah that's the most intriguing part for me i want to know what role superman has to play in sort of in in sort of getting them to where they are now what like in the future this superman looks so cool oh yeah like that's definitely that i i think that may be my all-time favorite superman outfit oh yeah it's super cool they make a pop figure of that. It's over. <laughs> For you, maybe. <laughs> yeah, for listeners, Jerry does have a very extensive collection. Very extensive. Not, Just, not anymore. Not, well, okay, I still have the same collection, yeah. but I haven't added to it for a while. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, just a little FYI, I guess. It's still an impressive collection, I must say. <laughs> it's, it's there. It's there. I pick and choose every now and then, like, what I want. Very... <laughs> pick and choose very selectively very selectively <laughs> um but yeah that that's a i think that's about all i got yeah, for this issue yeah. it's uh it's again it's it's a it's a just league is a main blockbuster title you're not really gonna get that that like really in-depth reading with it mm-hmm. uh but but you know we, you we come up with some cool of, ideas of for course it, you know? yeah, absolutely it, it's always a wild ride with very uh, wild <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of wild rides we're about to oh, enter another one. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, you're just on point today, man. Hey, you know, you know. Sometimes you just need good segue. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, speaking of wild rides, we're about to enter another wild ride to the high level, which is written by Rob Sheridan, uh, col- uh, drawn by Barnaby Baginda, colored by Romulo Fajardo Jr., and lettered by Nate Picos of Blampot. Um. Still getting a very children of men vibe. Yes. Uh very, very children of men. Uh I'm really enjoying this world that they're just continually building. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, have you seen the movie uh Alita Battle Angel yet? No, not yet. But you've seen the trailers for it. Yes. This gives because I've seen it. So this gives me like a bit of that that world to it for me. Oh, spoilers. But that, that I literally spoiled nothing for you. <laughs> I literally spoiled nothing for you. <laughs> Imagine I, I go in, I watch the movie, I'm just like, oh. I knew it. I knew it. I saw I that from it. high level. High level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, 
we get to a point where uh, uh, 13 is willing to take on Minnow uh, very reluctantly until we realize she's getting paid 100,000 smackaroos for that, man. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Lots of money. And she's <laughs> splitting it with the other guy. With another like, guy. Just, once you get there, it's 50 waiting for you. And it's... And she's I, trying to pawn him off, pawn Minnow off to this person. Yeah. It, it's It's cool that I think... It's cool that they're building on their interaction and yeah. they're building on on their bonds. Yeah. But at the same time, staying pretty true to the things that they would do. Exactly. Like I, I'm actually kind of happy that uh, she didn't all of a sudden turn like a like a new leaf. Yeah. And go, yeah, you know, I'm gonna take you all the way there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's just that's not what she would do. Yeah. Right. First like, chance she got, she almost she tried to pawn her off. Yeah. Of right? course. Yeah. So like. I found that pretty refreshing. Like someone who's just really doing it for the money. Yeah. You know? And uh, that leads to a lot of potential for character building. Mm -hmm. Right? I think 13 is a good person. I think that uh, she wants to do the right thing based on what I'm seeing. Uh, But, you know, a lot of events in her life have led her to where she is. Right, so she truly believes, and I think one of the reasons why she's not willing to take Minnow right away, or even to this point actually, is that she is really dead set on staying in Odina. Yeah, like she's really dead set on just staying here. She even says to herself, "I don't do work outside of Odina." Right, and it just seems like she hasn't tried. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So there's that fear factor to it. Yeah. Right? Like maybe she's afraid to do work outside of Adina, right? Maybe she really wants to help, but that fear is holding her back, mm-hmm. right? So again, there's a, to me, there's a lot of potential for character growth. And I really liked this the moment that we just des- described um, because it just seems so, it seems so genuine. Seemed, right. Yeah, it seemed genuine. It didn't seem like it was forced writing. Like this is this is who the character is. Is it going to be the same character at the end of this run? Definitely not. Uh, but we're we're given an opportunity to see how this person develops as a character and becomes that really strong female lead that um, she's obviously being set up to to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's one of those. It's one of those books where you can read it and be like, okay, it's yeah. it's not it's not forcing anything on you, yeah, right. Um, and the characters that they're introducing are likable characters, right. So you you feel for them too. So I don't know. Overall, I, I two issues in, I'm already I'm already looking forward to the next issue, and it's like I I just want to know if they get to high level, right? Because it, you want to see that journey come to a good end, yeah. Know? So, and, and but, I think it will. Uh, it, it's again, it's definitely set up that way because you can't say <laughs> for a story like this, you can't say that this person is going to decide what happens in this war and then they lose. 
Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, could it happen? Sure. Yeah. But I don't think that this is that kind of story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think this one's just a tad bit more mainstream than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah, because like, if they want it to go real dark, and especially because it's a Vertigo product, like, it's yeah. not... It's not part of the big two. Like, it doesn't have to have a happy ending, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you don't have to put the toys back. No. Right? So, you could go completely off the rails with how dark this gets. Yeah. So, but I that'll be cool. I don't but... feel like that's the way the story's going to go, though. Just yeah. based on the way that they've sort of designed the world and have told the story so far. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a good ending. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, bumps along the way, though, of course. Right mm-hmm. as, as demonstrated at the end of this issue, when Minnow gets upset at the fact that she's trying to pawn her off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and now they're. Um, by the way, if anything happens to the drone, I'm gonna riot. The drone is awesome. <laughs> the drone is awesome. Ezra. Awesome. Ezra is a very cool drone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, overall, you know, the the plot. Obviously, we, we've gone in in depth about it, but. That the art, fantastic art, love uh-huh. it, and I've and I've always liked his art, so it's not, it's not much of a surprise for me. I know it's gonna be great, yeah. um, you know, and you get a classic little chase scene, um, so yeah, overall a good issue, yeah, a, a little a little less in depth than I thought it would be for uh, for an issue such as this, um. Uh, I, f- I find that the story is actually a bit more mainstream than I would have hoped. Okay, right. Uh, I mean, again, it's only the second issue, so what yeah. do I know? But It just uh, depends on where they go with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's going to go down a, a pretty mainstream path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's cool that at the end they um, their vehicle falls into this like this sludge. This like dark sludge, and then they gotta and, walk. And now they gotta walk, <laughs> uh, much like the sludge in Venom. Oh, here we go. What, are you, what are you doing out here, man? You're just, <laughs> you're just killing it today, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go talk about Venom number twelve. It's written by Donny Cates, art by Joshua Casera, uh, colored by Rain Barredo, and lettered by Clayton Cows. <sighs> I was so heartbroken this issue, man. Yeah. I was just, uh, just absolutely heartbroken. Um, I'm getting sad just thinking about it. <laughs> but uh, we we do finally get uh, a continuation of of what happens to to Dylan. Yeah. Turns out that he gets picked up by Eddie's dad. Uh, and and of course they they get into it, right? Like Eddie's dad is. He's a violent guy, right? Like he, 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 there is a lot of domestic abuse happening around here. Uh, well, not around here, around him, with around him. <laughs> so yeah. I meant around here, like Jerry. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then of course uh, we see uh, the Venom symbiote. Actually, not even Eddie. The Venom symbiote uh, try and scoop up Dylan and bring him back to Eddie. Yeah, and then the Venom symbiote. Uh, uh, saying I think the both of you are just better off without me and Mm -hmm. then he leaves and that to me was absolutely heartbreaking Uh, because a lot of of, and if you haven't read the last issue 
what happens is it turns out that the Venom symbiote has been uh, basically infusing Eddie with these fake memories and is giving him this fake illness just to make sure that Eddie sticks around and is dependent on the symbiote, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it, that that comes to light, and Eddie obviously is is not happy with him, mm-hmm. uh, and that leads to the symbiote, well, for saving Dylan, bringing him back to Eddie, and then and then and then just leaving. Yeah, right. Which I always thought this uh, the this a symbiote needed a host. Yes. So, it's either being written now as the symbiote being able to materialize, um, yeah, and form, yeah, sort of because it's gotten so, it's gotten so built around um, a host, yeah, that it can now sort of form on its own, right? Or in the lab, he just took somebody. That no, that's not because at the end. Uh, he turns he turns into a person. He turns into a person. But you don't see the face. You just it turns no, into no, a exactly. But he turns into a person. Uh... Oh no, never mind. Oh no, no. And he turns into a person. If you look at the at the uh, at that panel, he's not the symbiote. Isn't uh, isn't covering anybody? That's just the symbiote. Like if he was covering somebody, you would see like the legs and the arms once once he like materializes sw- and reshapes himself. Yeah. But he's not really like there's he's not covering anybody. Like that's just the symbiote itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's sort of like is that a retcon now? Like are we retconning that? Um, well, I'm asking you like you wrote it, but <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I think. I think a retcon's a possibility, yeah. um, and I think in this particular case they need to establish something like that because this 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 run so far has been about trying to build these two characters as individual characters, yeah. right? Um, and then they're trying to to obviously build on this idea that do they truly need each other yeah. to to be independent in this world? Yeah. Um, so I think. If they do retcon it in a sense that the symbiote can form and materialize on their own, then that's fine. But it would kind of defeat the purpose of having a host. So I, I, I don't think, I don't think they can materialize on their own, uh-huh. like into a person. Uh-huh. They, they think they need a host to survive. And I think this symbiote leaving is now then surviving on borrowed time. Okay, so you're saying that it, there's a very good chance that the Venom symbiote could just die on its own. Yeah. And then it's up to Eddie to be like, come back. I need you, man. Yeah, and I think he wants to. This is the best love story to, of all time. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it. And I think that's what they're trying to explore. They're trying to explore the idea that they don't need each other, but they want each other. And that they want to become better first as individuals of themselves. Right. And then now become better together to face a greater threat. Yeah. Which is ultimately when Noel comes back. Yeah. Right? Um, because they they worked together to take it out. Yeah. Right? They worked together to win that previous time. Yeah. So I think now it's they need to split them off separately into characters where 
they can now amend for the things they've done. Yeah. Uh, Eddie can now be a proper father. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, without the worry of... And now and now Eddie's got this this chance to, to redeem himself and also put himself in a situation where he says, I don't need the other because I don't have cancer. Yeah. But right. I want the other. But I want the other. Yeah. Right? And now it has to come to that sense where he has to be seeking the other just to make themselves stronger to fight a greater threat. Yeah. And the same thing with the symbiote is that he doesn't need, maybe he needs to discover that he doesn't need Eddie. He just needs, you know, maybe he, maybe he doesn't need to, to, to become like a parasite to people. Yeah. Right. Maybe he could survive off something else. Yeah. So this is, I think where Donnie needs to sort of, that that's where he's going to explore moving forward. Yeah, there's there definitely yeah. need to hash that out just a little bit, uh, only because that to me goes against sort of the lore of symbiotes as of now. Yes. Right. Yeah. There's been quite a bit of backlash online too. I think uh, not a lot of people are liking this sort of retcon. Yeah. As as which you is know, you know it's, it's to be expected. It's to be expected, of course. Yeah. Like nobody likes change. Well, nobody likes um, progress. Well, that, and that's the thing. You you don't necessarily you can't necessarily see it as progress, right? Like it's just different. Yes. Right. So it's not better or worse, in my opinion. To me, it's, it's sort different. of yeah. To it's me, a different it's, approach. Yeah, it's inconsequential yeah. to me whether whether the Venom City can survive on its own or not. Right? Yeah. Because that's not the that's not the story that Donnie's trying to tell here. Obviously. Yeah. Right. The story isn't whether he'll survive or not. <laughs> uh, but the story is, of course, like you said just now, is of them reconciling how they feel about each other, what they mean to each other, and ultimately when they come back together, how much stronger are they going to be? Because mm-hmm. they're going to be crazy strong. Because now they're going to be two individual minds working in sync. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I feel like they're two individual minds doing what they can to 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 survive that situation. Yeah. Right? But now they're going to be in sync and I think they'll be stronger than ever. But that's ultimately if they get to that point. Right? This run can very help, very well end with Eddie yep. riding into the sunset with his son and then the symbiote finds a new host and now, ta-da, we've got a new host. <laughs> you never know. But I don't think that's where it's going because no. I feel like I feel like Donny Cage respect Eddie Brock too much. It just yeah, it it's. I mean, when you really think about it, this is a very Eddie Brock focused story. Yes, right. Like, I mean, there was there was that those stretch of issues where the Venom symbiote just didn't display any personality at all, mm-hmm. right? And it was solely focused on Eddie. Um, and I feel like it will continue to do so uh, up until the point where uh, they obviously find each other, reconcile, and uh, become. Uh, symbiote host mm-hmm. yet once again yeah yeah uh, but now with uh, but but obviously now with Dylan in the picture because now he's constantly going to be in the story right hopefully I hope they don't do anything like really dark with Dylan but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also uh, a, a different Eddie Brock as well right because obviously with Dylan around it's really going to change him yeah right yeah he's he even said so himself he's he's honestly gonna try his best right and and, and I think uh, again that's gonna change him and 
and make him a different host this time around, mm-hmm. right? One that has a bit more compassion. So he may end up being a venom that's a little more closer to say what toxin was mm-hmm. uh, when when his run came out like I don't know like ten years, ten eleven years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that's Does like, it, whenever that comes back, the whole thing with Carnage too. Yeah, oh, yeah, there was that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Well, I think maybe that's the next big baddie. Really, it may not be Null, but it may be Carnage. Because Carnage yeah. actually, for all intents and purposes, is the stronger symbiote because he's the son of Venom. Yeah. Or the offspring of Venom. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe the union, the reunion of Eddie and Brock will make them stronger than Carnage. The union of symbiotes. What is this, fusion? Like, what's no, like symbiote, a symbiote union. Like a union like hall? A, like, a, like a workers' union of Oh, symbiotes. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the symbiote union hall. Uh, uh, please take your pick of... <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we are local 183. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's going to be the ultimate outcome. I think so. I think the, uh, Eddie will come face-to-face with Cletus Cassidy, be completely squashed, because obviously he has no powers. Yeah. And then uh, the Venom symbiote will come in for the rescue. Mm-hmm. And then they will just be monstrously strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, ultimately, I do hope that's kind of the direction they go because you always want to see them together. They're a good character. Oh, yeah, for know? sure. Also, Toxin. Character I definitely want them to bring back. That would be cool. If this run tries to bring back all of that, like bring back all that legacy, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Because I, there hasn't been a Toxin run, obviously, since the one I just described and I believe it was 2000 either 2006 or 2008 those two years resonate with me mm-hmm. uh, but that was actually a run that I, I, I could never ever get my hands on I was looking so hard for it hmm. and every year is just nope we don't have it it's who like, wrote it Let's see uh, if we can try to find I it. believe something I go to shows so maybe I could just find it uh, toxin it was written by uh, Peter Milligan, Milligan and uh, Clayton Crane. Oh, really? Yeah. Toxin by Peter Milligan. I like Peter Milligan stuff. Toxin, the devil you know. <laughs> the, the devil you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it a is it a mini? Yeah, it's a six issue run. Ah, okay, so it's a mini series. Yeah. Okay, I can try to find this. I'll try to find this. I'll find this for you. Yeah. Oh, I got you. If I stop it, I'll find this for you. <laughs> this was I, th- one of my favorite symbiote runs, Toxin. Yeah. Because it told a complete. Have you read it? No. It tells a completely different story, uh, of a symbiote that doesn't want to go with. Because in this particular, I mean, obviously, this was before they they sort of reckon the whole symbiote thing. Uh, but uh. This is when symbiotes were known to be violent by nature, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it, it attaches to, uh, when he's born, it attaches to um, a cop, right? Uh, I forgot, uh, for the life of me, I can't remember his name because he actually ends up dying. But uh, <laughs> not, not in this run, not in this run. Uh, but uh, he attaches to a hose and basically the, the officer is trying to teach the toxin symbiote, uh, toxin symbiote, how to be good. Oh, Patrick Mulligan. Yeah, mm. 
so basically tries to teach him how to be good, how to be more like Spider-Man. But at the same time, being like completely indestructible because he's so much stronger than Venom and Carnage. Right? Hmm. So uh, actually he comes to head with Venom and Carnage at some point. Venom and Carnage actually try and team up to beat him. Hmm. But I'll let you read that for yourself. That'd be pretty interesting. I like Clayton Crane. He's yeah. the, the guy can draw. So yeah, I'm definitely going <laughs> oh, oh, to try to find really, it. Oh, it was really, really well drawn. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to definitely try to find it. That's for sure. But anyways, If I, anything, I'll try to find it in the trade paper pack. But anyways, I uh, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing I, I do want to bring up uh, at the end of this issue uh, is the symbiote walking by a dumpling store. And the dumpling store says, buy 30, get one free. <laughs> you can keep your one dumpling, sir. <laughs> yeah, let me... Uh... <laughs> if I got to buy 30 dumplings to get one dumpling... You know what? I'm just going to... Is that... Is that oh, for real? That's, yeah, that's a dumpling. <laughs> that's, a, that's what it says. It's a dumpling. Buy 30, get one free. <laughs> that's the worst deal in it's history. It's the worst deal. <laughs> it's the worst deal. I might, I might as well just hope that I get one by accident. By like As you're counting, maybe you yeah. miscount. Yeah. If they miscount and minus one, you basically got no deal. Yeah, no, exactly. You, you know? So it's just like... Dude, that's the worst deal. No wonder everyone's just walking by this shop, not going in. <laughs> My God. I, I read that and I got upset. <laughs> like, I read it and I was like, oh, this is such a such a good issue. I love it. Love it. Love the way it ends. And then you get there and just and ruins it just your like, And it's just like, buy 30, get one free. It's like, what do you need to buy 30 of to get one free? And it's dumplings. <laughs> My God. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> yeah, it just... Just for our listeners, we do live in uh, <laughs> Toronto, which is which we we do have a very sizable Chinese population. Uh, what? Huh? <laughs> Chinese population. Uh, Jerry and myself are Chinese, uh, so we do know a lot about dumplings. Uh, that is a very bad deal. Do not ever. If you guys ever see thirty dumplings and get one free, do not buy it. It's not a good deal. It's not a good deal. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's just not a good deal. <laughs> Like I would, I would almost argue if you buy ten dumplings and get one free, it's already kind of not a good deal. Yeah, but like thirty dumplings is more like a buy one get one free situation. Yeah, like you would get a bag and get a second bag at half price or a second bag. Yeah, at like free, free. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 what dumplings are. Anyways, this is not the dumplings podcast. So. <laughs> Imagine that we just do a show where we just talk about, about dumplings. dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> So I think that about wraps up our com- comics conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and um, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about that coffee we've been having. So good. It's so good. It's so it, delicious. And it's so good now. I lo- I, Even like so a little smooth. cold. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Smooth. I like it. So what, what kind of flavor notes are you getting here? Hmm. Oh, you didn't have time to think about this. <laughs> <laughs> um... One thing that kind of stuck out to me was a little bit of like a caramelly taste, um, but I would say it's kind of like, kind of like a toffee. Yeah, because it's not not quite as sweet as like just straight up caramel. Right. Um. Yeah. You know, I would say something like a little bit of a toffee. Uh, toffee. Yeah, I would say like there's a bit of a nutty flavor to it, like a pecan or a, or a walnut. Hmm. I'm leaning more towards the. Uh, walnut side of things I'm actually leaning more towards a pecan alright okay okay mm. okay okay 
a pea nut. No, 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 that's a new nut. That's a that's that's just an actual nut. That's an actual nut. Um, <laughs> Vulcan. Let's not hurt ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> now for the f- third flavor, I can't really pin down anything. Like, are you getting anything? I can't really pin it down. Yeah. But let's take a wild guess. Okay. Let's let's take a really wild guess because sometimes they'll just sneak these like random, random, random flavors in here yeah. that you just you can't even like, you can't even fathom. Yeah. So why don't we go with? This is just sort of off the top of my head. Okay. As I'm going sipping through this coffee, chrysanthemum. Uh. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you don't. You don't feel it. You don't so, feel the chrysanthemum. I don't feel the chrysanthemum flowing through you. I don't. Uh, so we're gonna go with. If the, it's chrysanthemum, I am the greatest in the world. We're gonna go with toffee. Walnut slash pecans and uh, chrysanthemum. I can't believe for, the, for our last ever coffee guess, we're going to try to just straight up guess the last flavor. <laughs> we were way off. Oh, no. Milk chocolate, cranberry, and nougat. I guess like nougat is kind of close to what we were talking about. But we were way off on everything. Else. everything that else, was yeah. bad. I did, oh, not, God. I did not get cranberry or milk chocolate, to be honest. Yeah. If anything, I would I would suspect it to be a little darker. But yeah, I like guess that's where chocolate. kind of like that sweetness kind of kicks in a yeah. little bit. But but it's not even that sweet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even that creamy to be honest. But uh, that cranberry but, snuck up. I had no idea. But it's a good coffee though. I still can't feel the the cranberry. No, I can't. Uh, I can't uh, feel the cranberry either. So hmm. You sure? There's definitely no chrysanthemum on there. There's snow chrysanthemum on there. <laughs> All right, fair nice, nice try though, buddy. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for our last ever coffee guess, we'll, we went over three. Um, Very good. <laughs> well, that wraps that up. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we, uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap up the uh, coffee conversation? Let's go to the boardroom and let's see who we're gonna recruit to round off the team for the Humble Heroes Agency. Let's go. And we're at the Humble Heroes Agency segment. Well, actually, no, we're almost there. Ding! Ding! We are at the boardroom <laughs> for the Humble Heroes Agency segment. Uh, what we do in this segment is we scour the internet in search of cool superheroes that the fans of, I guess, superheroes have made. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, people out there have you know used their creative minds to create superheroes. And what we want to do is we want to try to recruit some of those heroes into our team of humble heroes. So here we are. Victor, who do we got today to round out the team? Do you like dinosaurs? I like dinosaurs. Okay. Do you like history? Some parts of it. This has nothing to do with history. However, <laughs> we do have a hero by the name of Jurassic Kid. Okay. All right. Remember the Jurassic Park movies? Yes. Nothing like the Jurassic Park movies. However, there are a lot of dinosaurs. <laughs> While traveling with his parents, young Miguel grew a fascination with prehistoric creatures. One day, 
While his family was digging in a meteor crash site, why were they allowed around it? He found something <laughs> interesting. At the bottom, he found a shining stone that resembled a dinosaur tooth. Right. It was a crystal that was a part of the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs 65 million years ago. Once he touched it, his skin changed into red scales. His fingers sprouted claws and a tail emerged from his backside. He showed his parents what was happening to him and they decided to study the crystal to find out how this happened. It was seen that the crystal was fused with his DNA. Uh, sorry, was fused with the DNA of every dinosaur in the Triassic, Jurassic, and Cretaceous period. He decided to train with these powers and use them to help those in need. These acts of heroism got him an invitation to join the Next Gen Army, but now the Humble Heroes Agency. <laughs> he accepted the chance to do more. Now, he works to become the hero of the Mesozoic known to all species as Jurassic Kid, the prehistoric protector. Hey, that's, that's got a cool that's ring to the it. prehistoric protector. That's sick. That's got a cool ring to it. Yeah. Powers. Dinosaur shape-shifting. Flight. Sharp claws. Superhuman strength. Superhuman speed, stamina, agility, and endurance. And, of course, every hero in Humble Hero Agency has to have this. Hand-to-hand combat expert. <laughs> oh wait, no, but he doesn't have weapons expertise. That's okay. He's a dinosaur. He's got. <laughs> she's got sharp claws. That's all he needs. Exactly. <laughs> Weakness. Lack of crystal. Without his crystal, he can't use his powers, and he's just an average kid. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> okay. all right. So, listen. I'm a fan of this kid turning into any dinosaur that he wants to be. You want to be a T-Rex? No problem. Want to be a Velociraptor? No problem. Want to just be a Brontosaurus or just chill around? No problem. <laughs> want to eat some grass today? No, no problem. problem. <laughs> I- I'm feeling Jurassic Kid. I'm really feeling Jurassic Kid. I- his, his enemies <laughs> include a guy named Dr. Iguana. <laughs> and Rattlequake. <laughs> and Rattlequake. Uh, Flood man. <laughs> it's over for you, Dr. Iguana. <laughs> <laughs> Not if I've got anything to say about a Jurassic kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I feel like uh, Jurassic kid would get uh, would get along really well with Mechano. Because then he'll just create mechanized armor for the dinosaurs. Oh. He'll just become a dinobot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he'd be like beast, uh, beasties, yeah, beast wars, yeah, yeah. Except whichever ex- version of it you watch, yeah, that's 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 sick. Beast wars, yeah. yeah. Well, and and Jurassic kid having armor. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That'd be pretty cool too. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes. We are oh, going sure. to round round off Humble Heroes Agency with Jurassic Kid. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, it's, uh, we've got ourselves a great team here. This is this is. Justice League Unlimited, basically, but there's 15 people on this team. But humble heroes agency style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are 15 people on this team. We have Clenchjaw, Big Kev, Mechano, Firefox, Vegetable Man, Chubbs, <laughs> Vegetable, yes, <laughs> Chubbs, Gibby Kaye Kid, Blue, Radio, Shaolin Bull, Fukushima, Kronos and Fast Guy. <laughs> Our very own creation. Uh and Time Stream and Jurassic Kid. That is a great team. That is a th- that's a very uh, versatile that's team. That's a very strong team. Yeah. Very versatile. It's very 
I, I think it's very diverse of of powers. Except they all know hand to hand combat, but other than that, it's very diverse <laughs> in terms of their all martial arts experts. <laughs> yeah, all martial arts experts. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this team. I I would definitely like to see Disney pick this up and uh, make this a franchise. <laughs> the Humble Heroes Agency franchise. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Movie one, movie two, <laughs> movie three. I'm, oh I, man, I, I, that would be great. And then by 2029, we'll be like 10 years of Humble Heroes Agency. And then we'll just see that in the cinemas. And it's just all of these heroes running together down <laughs> through a forest trying to stop the one bad guy. But then somehow in the movie, one of those heroes won't be there. Because that's just how trailers work. The most the most humble decade you'll ever experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The most humble decade. <laughs> so yeah. That's I, I think this segment's been kind of it's been kind of successful. We we've got ourselves to a good fifteen for our membership count, yeah. and also we got to see a lot of really cool uh, superheroes. I think for um, you know just just floating out there in the superhero. Yeah, fan good to see what what uh, how creative people can be. Good to yeah. see. Uh, um, Heroes that uh, wouldn't normally we that we would have normally have known about otherwise. Yes. Like no one's writing about a, a kid that could turn into dinosaurs, <laughs> but this person did, <laughs> and I'm happy for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and it's yeah, and it it's cool to see like different sides of the spectrum too. Like you can see heroes that are very serious, and yeah. then you see heroes that are just very much have like people just very much having fun with them yeah like yippee kaye kid i would very much like to see <laughs> more comics that has that have more characters that are just about fun yes like absolutely sh- like sharky the bounty hunter. <laughs> like sharky the bounty hunter or like uh I-, I think marvel's in that sense marvel is doing a good job on that side. yeah with like squirrel girl and stuff yeah, like that yeah yeah um and i think recently there was actually a um i want to call this to attention because you know obviously this hero is canadian but Oh, what was the what was the name of her? She's a new hero. You tell me, bro. I think Jim Zub created her. I'll find it quick. Snowguard. <laughs> it's Marvel Comics' new Inuk teen superhero, created by uh, Jim Zub, I believe. I also believe she's from Nunavut. Oh, yeah. That's a part of Canada you never see much of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just you get some really cool uh, representation, right? Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and I think Marvel's doing a pretty good job on that side. So you know, if if there's anybody who's going to try to mainstream these humble heroes, it'll be Marvel. I think it's time. Marvel is owned by Disney, is it not? So Disney, let's go pick it up for a franchise, the most humble decade you'll ever see. <laughs> You know, if one day I end up writing like comics, yeah, and I and I somehow get discovered by Marvel, <laughs> I will pitch one of these guys. Yo, do it, oh. Big Kev, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna walk right into the Marvel offices. I'll be like, guys, yippee kaye, <laughs> and they'll be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that basically concludes the uh, Humble Heroes Agency segment. And we're at this point of our show where we will usually get on the Cosmic Treadmill to go uh, take a look at what is in store for next week. But it's a little bit different this time. 
as next week we will be having the sort of a, I guess like a wrap up episode like a yeah. like epilogue episode where we'll yeah. review every run that we've covered so far yeah um, I guess the ongoings that we're still covering now. Obviously, some of them when they end, yeah. we're not going to try to go through those, right? Uh-huh. Um, the ones that are still going on because we won't be covering them moving forward. We just want to give a little bit of our thoughts on the run so far and uh, sort of give a little projection of where we think the run is going. So that's kind of where we're look, going with look, Cosmic Treadmill. Look forward to that. So I guess we can still go to the Cosmic Treadmill to tell you that. So, meow, <laughs> we told you all that. Okay. <laughs> So that basically concludes the show. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed all our episodes uh, so far over the last year. We really do thank you uh, for joining us on this ride um, to, to stick around with us every episode. Yeah. And uh, and just, you know, we're, we're very happy that you've at least wanted to listen to us talk about which, comics. Which I appreciate. And, uh, we, we, do, we appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. We, we do hope that you got something out of it. And... Uh, you know, if you if you like what we do on this show, you can you, you, I guess if you're new to the show, you can still find a lot of what we did before um, on iTunes, on Google Play, on Spotify. Um, if you do like what we do, you can always go and uh, leave us a review and a rating if you have a little bit of time. Uh, those will all come to us, I believe. So you know, we'll, we'll still yeah. see them. Uh-huh. That'd be so kind of cool. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, uh, not so much, I guess, suggestions, but if you have any <laughs> questions or comments on this show, um, if you want to discuss any of the books uh, moving forward, feel free uh, to contact us. Uh, you can send us an email at contact at darkrosecomics.com. Uh, we also have a Gmail going because I'm not sure how long this is going to go for. Uh, we have a Gmail going at comics.darkrose at gmail.com. You can also find us there. Uh, if you, can, you, you can also just reach us on Twitter at jerrythebear52 for myself. And Victor J. Young for my co-host, Victor. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash Comics. You can find us on our Facebook group, uh, Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Comics. Uh, you're more than welcome to come to our discussion group as well. Just We can always talk about comics there. Uh, if you want to be a part of that community, uh, it's the Dark Rose Comics group. So, as always, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say that and I was like, oh, well, yeah. Well, I guess so. Still, <laughs> for now, as always. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye.